0: Good news. Due to popular demand, Rabbi Friedman has created a new weekly podcast, in which he delivers a lesson on the weekly Torah reading. In them, the Rabbi teaches us what we can learn and apply to our daily lives, and what the ancient words of the Torah mean to modern times. Hear new insights on the Bible, like you've never heard before. Listen to Bible Studies Like Never Before, on your favorite podcast platform. Okay, there's there's, there's one other thing. We're not good at time handling. Time, free time makes us crazy. I don't know why, but you know, during vacation time, more people get killed, more people get into accidents, more people commit suicide because they have free time. Why are we so afraid of free time? We feel guilty, not doing anything. I'm going to get criticized for not doing anything. Because we're so programmed to to produce and to so we have to learn how to be productive spiritually. Learning, reading, that's the main thing
1: with that to Shabbat.
0: Little, with that
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
0: you know that you're not allowed to apologize for your sins on Shabbat.
2: Oh, we are not really,
0: because apologizing for your sins is correcting the. The mistakes or the fixing the problem. No fixing, no correcting. Everything is good.
2: <laughs> and I thought that's the holiest of the holy for things like. That. So again,
3: for me, I feel like this is this is more of a. I mean, everything emanates from the spiritual, but it's a psychological battle where your entire life you're going to be battling your yourself. You know, two two parts or more for some people of your mind are battling each other. And to me, Shabbat is a culmination of your week, of practice, of spiritual practice. And if you jump into Shabbat without preparation, it's virtually impossible to do it correctly. If you haven't set up the lights so that you can read. Right? I think Rabbi I think for you you you're, you're coming from a place where it's it's like you can't even conceptualize the, the practicalities of some of the secular person who cooking before Shabbat so that all you're doing is enjoy just going you know you're just like picking food off your hot plate you're setting things up for you know it took me 10 years of living with an, with an observant man, to not have constant like oh it's it's Shabbat oh we can't do that today because I mean ten years, ten years of, of being trained to, to understand like it's Shabbat he can't do it I can't do it, it can't, you know that's a long time that's practice and it's and and then the, and then the second ten years was you got to prep for Shabbat you got to prep for the holidays you don't arrive at at Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur and go, okay, okay, we're, we're fasting today. You, you prep for it from a month ahead of time. You lower your caffeine intake. You prep, you know, you, you've heard me say all of these things. You, you start eating a little less. You start thinking about things you want to pray for. And then you have this incredible spiritual experience on the day. Same with Shabbat. It's a pra- it's a daily practice of spiritual practice where you're taking, you know, I mean, Judaism says three times a day, you're you're doing the Amidah, you're doing the prayers, you're you're taking time out of your day for ten fifteen minutes to move into a meditative spiritual practice. That's one step. Then you're prepping challah the day before. You're prepping food. Prior, you're inviting people. Prior, you're you're do you're setting yourself up for what am I going to read? What am I going to do?
1: I think the problem is I used to live in San Francisco, away from community, like eight miles away from kosher shul like Orthodox shul, and no friends around. So Shabbat was like boring, boring. But the problem is when you have
3: Mm. Are you, Community, you
1: know, are you right? Preparing Shabbat, shopping, starting from Wednesday, Shabbat is coming. That's right. You Friday, and then you're ready for the day. These things you have to have people around you to be able to have someone come, mm. to be able to go to the shore, and to be able to come with someone in the shore. Like my house right now is like a hotel. In no. everybody, comes,
3: everybody goes, everybody goes everybody how comes. nice, but like you
1: have to be around the people, right? So that's why you so important, it's so important to be in the community area. Shulers here we need to be around them. Mm. If you go away it's not easy. Absolutely. You have to be around them. So when you buy a house, oh is that close to the shore? Is that close to the people? This mm. I guess
3: it's so important. Very community is, is an essential element, job. absolutely. But I would also say, as a psychologist, I would say <laughs> I would say, listen to those voices that come up and are battling you on Shabbat. I would say, take note. What are those, what are those inner demons that are presenting themselves? You know, listen, maybe those are things that you need to work on during the week. And there are things that you, you are numbing yourself or distracting yourself from listening to that need to be heard. They need to be processed. They need to be worked on and, and. You know, well, no, healed, about healed, God. healed.
2: And I say, somebody is Shabbat. Everybody I met, one priest, he knew many, many things in Torah. But he could not keep Shabbat. Every person that wants to be Jewish has to keep Shabbat because. Stand should have an independence. In Iranian, said yesterday, one of the independence of the Judaism is Shabbat. Because if you go to Shabbat, you don't need it anymore. Rashid started with Shabbat. Combining the word of Rashid is Shabbat. And God, Hashem, created this world to the end of this world we come to the Shabbat. And when Hoshia comes, everybody is in Shabbat. Mm. If you want to get real, real uh, relaxation, do not go to any family therapies or to anywhere, go to Shabbat. When you go to Shabbat, you connected to Gan you connected to Hashem, that you are so much precious that Hashem invited you to be with Me. Look at that you love somebody and he's counting, counting that He invited you. And when Hashem counted, come. Don't be, stay with me. You don't need anything. You are my guest. You are my best guest. If you are going to taste it, taste it, those things, you are not going to live
3: there. Thank you. Thank you. Erica. Uh, thank you so much for this. of all, really enjoying it. My mind's kind of exploding, so I'm going to try <laughs> to summarize
1: um, I think one of my constant psychological Sessions is um, what what to do with my life, um, and I'm, what I'm hearing is that the purpose is to serve Hashem and through Mitzvot. But I, I guess I wonder outside of that, does anything else matter? Like if I have a drive to create in this world um, beyond you know uh, taking part in having children beyond that, that gift creating, you know, something that serves others in some way or serves God in some way. I think i often obsessed about, well, what exactly does that look like and I don't want to do the wrong thing or I want to do it perfectly. Um, and so I'm just curious if that even matters, the, the passions we have the things that we actually create, the material things in this world, does that matter outside of this world?
0: Even eating lunch matters it's all godly so god gave you a need to eat it's a godly thing if god gave you a talent it's certainly a godly thing nobody gets talents for nothing you're given a talent because god needs you to use that talent to the best of your ability and through that you make the world a more livable place so that god can be comfortable in his world so if you add beauty to the world that's fantastic godly you add joy and laughter to the world it's godly the sages say that a a person a comedian who makes other people laugh have a special place in heaven which means which means that there's a sense of humor in heaven Otherwise, it would be torture for
2: comedians
0: (laughs) (laughs) to sit in heaven where nobody laughs. Uh. So, let me take it one step further. God runs the world so perfectly that every detail counts, including which sin are you tempted to commit. Why are you tempted to commit one kind of sin and your neighbor wants to commit some other kind of sin? It's all by divine plan. God needs you to handle this temptation. He needs somebody else to handle a different temptation. That is so amazing. Even my weakness is a divine plan. This is the evil that you have to say no to, not the others. So a person says, I'm not a bad person. I'm good. I don't kill anybody. You have no temptation to kill. That's not your job. So why does one person have a temptation to steal? The other person has a temptation to commit a penalty. It's not an accident, and it's not you doing it. That's amazing. So why do I have this temptation? Because that's the temptation that God wants you to fix. It's not an accident, it's not your fault, it's not, it's not you're not doomed. This is your job. Do it. If that's true of sin, it's certainly true of talents. So if you have a talent, Use it, because God gave it to you, and you should not waste it. If you can get rich, do it. If you can be funny, do it. Anything that makes the world more inhabitable, and that's true of non-Jews also. We all have to make the world a better place, in every way, in every detail. I was speaking to the police department here in LA. You know, when the whole thing with defunding the police, mm-hmm. and they took it very seriously. There's a Jewish lieutenant in the police department, and he called. He wanted to talk about, you know, well, what's happening. What are we supposed to do? So he says uh, something like. Uh, Do we have the right to enforce the law? I said, no. You don't have a right. You have a divine uh, commandment, an obligation to enforce the law. It's not your right. You You have no rights to tell people what to do. If you serve as a policeman, you're doing God's work. That's not a right, that's an obligation. So a policeman doing his job properly is serving God because he's making life livable. Whatever it is that makes life safer, more comfortable, more doable, more enjoyable, and more inspiring, that's God's work. So yes, every talent, every ability you have, it's holy. I just have a
2: philosophical question. Why, why do we have so many wrong headed Jews in this world who are not making this world a better
1: place? Self hated Jews. What's the hmm? question? Self hated Jews.
0: Actually, Jews, more than anyone in the world, are making this place a better place. The only problem is, most Jews are doing what non-Jews are supposed to be doing, and taking away their jobs. We make the best music, we've, we invent the best machines. like in Israel now, the technology. That's not our job, but we, we're so driven to make contributions. We'll even make the wrong contributions. But we win the Nobel Prize. What is all that? That's all making the world better. But God is saying, I have 8 billion people doing that. That's not what I need from you. From you, I need to make the world better, Jewish. It's it's a. Uh, we're, we're, we're learning the lesson slowly. Well,
2: I'm not happy with the Jews. Hold
0: it <laughs> That is so Jewish. <laughs>
3: It's also extremely important to not identify Judaism with the Jews that may be misrepresenting the faith. And that's one of the primary mistakes most Jews make. They throw the baby away with the bathwater, which means they will find Jews that present themselves or um, translate for themselves, the Torah, in a way that is not by the book and they will immediately decide that that is what Judaism is and so they will actually divorce themselves from Judaism and some go as far as divorcing themselves from their own creator because of what they see humans represent. That is a deeply... um it's a treacherous mistake because you are shooting yourself in the foot because you may not like your fellow Jew or come across a fellow Jew and then you associate that with Torah. Has nothing to do with Torah. Torah didn't tell this person to, you know, represent the Torah in that way or behave in these ways. So that's something that unfortunately a lot of Persian Jews, especially in this city, do. Because we were thrown into a situation where most of our parents had to leave a country they had spent their entire lives building their life, building their fortune, making their money. And they had to come out in middle age, which is not an easy thing to do, and start over again in a country that was like dog-eat-dog. Capitalistic country that was not an easy place to start over. So, some people went for the jugular, which means they they would step on anyone, do anything, get, you know, to feed their families, to build their fortunes. It stuck with some people, and some people came full circle and adjusted with the second generation that's being born. None of that actually has anything to do with Judaism. None of it. You'll, you'll find a lot of Persian Jews who will say, this rabbi, that rabbi, they did this, they did that, that was unethical. I'm turning my back on Judaism. That has nothing to do with Judaism.
1: Nothing. No, I'm, not, I'm not turning my back, I'm just saying. No, I know you're not.
3: I know you're not. I know what I'm saying is that a lot of people in our culture, a lot of people who live in this city do. I know, you, I, I'm not saying you are. I'm saying a lot of people do, they turn their back and it's because of the representations of Torah by people who have, you know, maybe not done a great job. So uh, uh, what I'm saying and what I tell everyone all the time is go back to the source, go back to your Torah, it belongs to you, okay? Discover, do your own research, find your own path find your own rabbi who is somebody who speaks to your soul and realign yourself with your own spirituality that is not divorce yourself from other people who don't align with your values don't divorce yourself from your own lineage this is your lineage that's what i i would say to that on yes.
0: a talk show on the radio somebody asked how come Jews don't write music anymore? And he said, they don't write Jewish music. But who do you think wrote, I'm dreaming of a right Christmas? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Or Jingle Bells. Jews created
1: one Christmas.
0: Yes. So we're we're big contributors. But we should contribute a little more Jewishly. Mm-hmm. That, would be, that would be our special gift to the world.
2: Hey, and come all Jews come back for only All Jews. All Jews. Every
0: Jew.
1: I a two-part question. Um, first, is it accurate to say that everything that happens is in accordance with God's plan? And second, is it accurate to say that God is conscious, it knows? everything that has happened is happening and will happen so in a sense everything's already happened okay free part. so so that because i see you nodding if that's correct in a sense we're stepping through life with the sense that we have free will making decisions here and there mm-hmm. is all part of god's greater plan and it'll happen as it happens um, but aren't we just sort of walking through something
0: that's that God has already created that is partly true we're living out the plan that is already planned but I think a good example would be the whole world or all humanity is on a huge ship and this ship is heading to Jerusalem So it's going east. But there are people on the ship who are walking on the ship towards the west. And they think they're going to the west. Are they? Like you're asking, will every Jew come back? Every Jew is going in the right direction. Some don't know it. So the guys who are walking in... On the deck of the ship, they're walking to the west. Where are they going? They're going to the east. Because the ship
2: is going to the east. But
0: the Torah tells us is turn around. <laughs> you're facing the wrong way. You're not enjoying the journey. You think you're going. No, you're so God's plan continues, and the ship goes
1: in the right direction.
0: We have to be concerned and have a little compassion for people who don't know where they're going. So a Jew says, no, nah, I quit. I'm not going to be Jewish anymore. Yeah, you are. Because <laughs> the ship only goes one way. So why can't you enjoy the journey? Don't get there in spite, despite yourself. Get there because of yourself. So God said, look, it's all going to end up good anyway. But why do you want it to end up good despite you? Be part of it. Join me in this vast eternal plan. Be be a partner, not an accident. So we're all going to end up in the right place because God's plan can't fail. But... The the personal feelings that God has for every Jew, like we were saying before about face-to-face or back-to-back, back-to-back, God is going to schlep you off to Jerusalem anyway. (laughs) But why does he have to schlep you? Turn around. Look where you're going. See where you're going. Understand where you're going, and you'll enjoy it a lot more. But we're all going in the right direction. So what happened?
3: May I speak, speak to this? What? May I speak to this?
1: Sure. My question was, I'm sorry. Uh, what happened when the ship hit to the east and the second to
0: the west? I don't understand it enough. Not going to happen. Once we get to where we're going, everyone will understand. They, do, they all get up the sheep. And love it.
3: This this was one of the, the questions that created the most existential angst for me as a teenager and growing up. And so I, I feel like I spent a good portion of my life trying to find the answer to this, the nuances of it. And I'd love to sort of have your input on it. And what I understood is that there is a finite number of potential destinies that any human being has, depending on their free will, from one year to another year, okay? So if you imagine a, a ladder, okay? Um, and between every rung, right? Each, each rung is a year of your life. And between every rung, there's a finite number of potential destinies. And based on your free will, you can make a choice this way or a choice that way at every single second of your life. So you can take the high road when you're presented with an issue or you can take the low road. And each one of those choices you make within those two rungs will qualify you for the higher level of your destiny. I mean, the ultimate is that, but from the year to year, it's where you're locked into the following Rosh Hashanah, you're locked into now you, 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 you've you earned this level of potential destinies where your free will will lock you into or you kind of denigrated yourself a little bit. So for me, that was important to know. It was important to know that the more you learn and your, your, your free will has, There are, you know, everything Hashem knows and at the end of the day and at the end of your life you end up where you're meant to go. But the journey can be one that is pleasant and beneficial and uplifting and um, can serve you in in a way that you can enjoy your life in a different way. Or you're going to keep getting a wrecking ball to your life to try to wake you up to the potential you have to spiritually evolve and that's where your free will comes into play. So your decisions at a minute-to-minute basis do make a difference within this finite level of different destinies that are the potential. Um, So you are working, you know, hand in hand with Hashem's plan for you, but at the end of your life, you know, You're on that ship, and you're going to end up at the destination
0: that you're meant to end up at.
3: Is that would that be a correct way of kind of explaining?
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean by turning around. Mm. You're going. You're going to end up anyway. Turn around. Enjoy the trip. Gotcha. Be part of it instead of. Gotcha. But why do we have free choice? Why should we have free choice? We make bad choices. (laughs) Twenty years. So why would God give us free choice? Make all the decisions for us and we'd be much better off. And we better let him make the choice? Right? <laughs> that sounds nice. We have free choice only where we must. God gives us free choice only where he has to. Where does he have to give us free choice? He has to let me choose which house to buy? Let him choose it, it'll be better. Which job to take? Who to marry? Let him choose it. There's only one thing he cannot choose, and that is whether I love him. If he wants me to love him, he has to give me freedom of choice. Why? Because if he makes me love him, I don't love him. So the only area in which we really need free choice is how we react to him. Love him, fear him, hate him. Because he wants a real religion. And that's why being an angel is not real. It's not, an angel doesn't love God. He's programmed. It's a clone. So where do we really have free choice? Only in our reaction. To him. And the rest of every, we don't need free choice and we shouldn't have it. God chooses where you're going to live, who you're going to marry, what talents you're going to have, even what temptations you're going to have. The only thing you have to choose and he cannot choose for you, is your love. Because he really wants you to love him. Not he should love himself by making us love him. Then he's loving himself. So when we talk about free choice, it really is limited. We don't have that. Like Somebody said, I can marry whoever I want. Wow, that's impressive, because there are about three billion men in the world and you can marry any one of them. Wow. Well, actually, you're not going to need three billion men. So let's reduce it down to reality. You're going to meet 20 men. Of those 20 men, 19 of them don't want to marry you.
1: <laughs>
0: so what just happened to your great freedom of choice? This one guy wants to marry you. you Are going to say yes or no? That's it.
1: <laughs>
0: we don't have that much freedom of choice. It's like, which pair of shoes are you going to buy when you go into the shoe store? You can choose? No, you can't choose. Certain colors you just don't like? You have no choice. And you can only buy the ones that are coming your side. So we're so programmed with all sorts of, right? you have the freedom to choose between vanilla and chocolate? No, you happen to like chocolate. And it wasn't your choice. So where do we have free choice? Only in our response to God.
1: Well, that's good, but our response take many different forms right it could take the form of how i respond to temptation or how i react to my husband or right you can react in a godly way or not in a godly way if i love god i want to behave in ways that conform with having good relationships and a good life so
0: you're either paying attention to him or you're ignoring him Mm -hmm. there you have freedom of choice
1: Mm -hmm. but in the many different aspects
0: Now, the analogy with the boats, even if you make all the wrong choices, you're going to end up his, and he will be yours, always, because he'll never give up on you.
2: Each one hurts the most? Hurting Hashem or hurting another Jew? Oh, Hashem.
0: Hurting another Jew. Just like a father. He'd much rather get hurt himself than see his kid hurt.
3: Rabbi, your brilliance is reaching the masses. My lowly state is going into the the nuances. So if you, if your choices, are erring on the side of not the higher level choices and you culminate at the end of your life with having made the lesser choice rather than the better choice, the place that you attain in the world to come is a lower place rather than a higher place. And with that comes discomfort rather than pleasure, right? Isn't that an important thing for people to know? Because it's a motiva- Because Again, we, 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 we're we egocentric. And and not to, you know, I know that all of Christianity revolves around that, like the fear of hell and all that. We, we're not like that. But it's important to know that you're, that you are, we're not all just purely ending up at the same place, but that when you're making those positive choices, you're doing those extra mitzvahs, if you're doing... You know, you are ending up in a higher, more pleasurable, beneficial state.
0: Heaven. Heaven. That's temporary. That's all part of the process. The ship is still moving. Mm. Heaven is part of the ship. Mm -hmm. You come, you go, you come back, you go to hell, you get get out of there. It's all all the process. It'll all end up in the right place. Mm. The beauty of it, the question about God already knows, so where do we get our freedom of choice? The question exists because we have an assumption. First, God makes a plan, written in stone, and then tells you that you have freedom of choice. Doesn't make sense. But it doesn't happen that way. God doesn't make a plan until after you made a choice. Mm. So divine providence, the entire plan that God has, is built around your choice. That's, That's how a relationship should be. A husband takes responsibility for the welfare of the family, which means whatever the wife chooses, he will make it work. Not he decides what the wife is going to do in advance or the children. You let your children be who they are, but make a plan around that so that it all turns out good. Wow. So God's commitment to us and his humility he lets us make our choices first, then he makes it. Hmm. So if you want to go to the right, God has to make a plan of what's going to happen on the right. You choose to go to the left, God has to make a plan for the left. Mm. There is so much romance because our relationship to God is the ultimate uh, mold for all of The The way you relate to God is how you relate to your spouse, the way
1: you relate to your
0: spouse is how you relate to them. Hi,
2: you mentioned uh, Abbasu tonight, uh, I was under the impression that what I heard was that, for example, when God asks us to observe Shabbat, it's not that he doesn't really care if you observe Shabbat, he doesn't do anything to him, it's for us to, you know, because it's proven that all these Shabbat, all the High Holidays, it's all about family getting together, family bonds, when you have that, you have a better foundation for life, so it's actually, it's for our benefit, not him, but you are
0: saying now that we all do it because of his needs, not because of our needs, so it's like the complete opposite of what I'm here. Yes. Well, let's take it a step further. Let's say God gave us the Shabbat so that we would have a day off to spend with our family. What does he think? you just change what he cares about first before he cares about yeah. Shabbat no he cares about family right. why does he care about family it's important to him that you should have a happy family okay if that's what he wants let's give him a let's give him a happy family it's easier to keep Shabbat. <laughs> But it's his commandment. What do we how do we understand that? Why is God says honour your father and mother. What does he care what I do with my father and mother? In other words, how does it affect him? What's he mixing in? He's just giving me good advice. Well, I thought that's
2: what it was. Just good advice.
0: The problem with that is I'm giving you good advice and if you don't take my advice I'm gonna punish you and you're gonna come then it's not advice. It's more important to God that you honor your parents than it is to your parents. I think you're getting the point. God is vulnerable. God needs. God invested everything himself into his creation. And we turn around and say, well, I need some more of this. I need some more of that. It's so not nice. So even a person who says, I need to be a good Jew. Stop it. You don't need to be a good Jew. I need to be a good husband. No, you don't. Your wife needs a little attention. Stop being a good husband and take care of her. That's a relationship. I'm going to be a good mother. Oh, yeah, you're going to kill your kids. Don't be a good mother. Just take care of the kids. Because it's about them, not about you. So in marriage counseling, this guy says to me, I am I read some book, I figured it out, I know how to be a good husband, I'm going to do it. I said, oh, your poor wife. She's going to pay for this. You decided to be a good husband, it's going to be at her expense. Don't be a good husband. Think about your wife once in a while. Will that make you a good husband? irrelevant if you do 613 what will you be a good jew irrelevant who asked you to be good think about what god needs and help out pitch in that's why the woman said you said you're going to keep shabbat one little step at a time is that is that good Does that make you a Shomer Shabbat? No, you're not a Shomer Shabbat. But you're doing what you can for God. So if you don't shop on Shabbos, God appreciates it. Because you're doing it for Him. You don't answer the phone on Shabbat? It's so precious. Does it make you a Shomer Shabbos? No. (laughs) You read a few Jewish books, does it make you a Talmud Chacham? No, who asked you to be a Talmud Chacha? Learn Torah. Don't become. <laughs> There's a silly example. Somebody asked the Debra. She was looking for a job to make some money. She said, would it be okay if I become a typist? Back in the old days. The said, make a living typing. Don't become a typist. Mm. be a human being who types (laughs) but don't become a typist take care of your children don't become a good mother think about your wife and husband once in a while don't become good at it and don't be a good Jew whenever you can think about God what he needs will that get you to heaven probably not
3: <laughs> so all of this is moving a person out of the realm of the ego essentially everything i'm hearing you say yeah. is
0: but the but the beauty of it is you're not giving up anything cuz you
3: never needed it in the first place and counterintuitively it's the ultimate form of evolving yourself ultimate <laughs> Full circle, yeah. Full circle. full circle, full circle, full circle moment. One of the best things in our life is the appreciation. And when we appreciate, it is a
2: satisfaction to all and we release If God needs to, why do you not appreciate the membership of God? You are doing for God, for Hashem. So why we are appreciate, appreciate what, if somebody, you know, in physically, everything has a value, we, with the dollar, we appreciate and pay for this thing, or for this jacket, or for, and for Hashem, if all we are doing for Hashem, and Hashem needs it, why we are appreciate? This is one. And everybody has goals and ultimate, everybody wants to go to Gan Eden. If you are not going to experience Ganeden here, how can you realize over there why, and why you are not going to bring Gan eden over here? Every human being can do everything, why only that job you are waiting to go over <laughs> there? You're
0: right. We are not supposed to get to Gan Eden. We're supposed to bring God down to earth from Gan Eden. So if you're going to Gan Eden, you're going to miss God because he's coming down and you're going up to an empty Gan Eden because God wants to be here. What do we appreciate? That he involves us in his plan. You're letting me be part of your plan? You're giving me a little credit for making the world better? Very grateful. That's in the brachot that we make. Thank you for giving me a mitzvah. Because you can do it yourself. But you're letting me do a little service for you. Mm. Grateful. Grateful.
3: Thank you, Rabbi.
0: We have a Sunday night program for VIPs that you might be interested in. It's informal. It's questions and answers. It's conversation. It's really relaxed. It's really pleasant, enjoyable, informative, and uh, kind of community-like. It's a Sunday night program. There's a um, Wednesday morning program for the VIPs, and there's a Wednesday night program all of it, just conversation, casual, laid back, unscripted. So join us, take a look, click uh, the link below, and see which, which of the three suits you best, and join us for some enjoyable conversation.